Welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. When I was a kid, and uh, now, if we, uh, if we go on long journeys in the car with our um, eldest grandson, who is uh, nine, we play this great game, 20 questions, and you have to guess who I am. And I can only answer yes or no, okay, to the questions you ask me. So I thought, you know, we'd just have a bit of fun this morning. So uh, who, wants to, who wants to choose to be a mystery person? Because I don't want to do everything. Come on. Okay, so Rose, you think of a person, right? Okay. They can be real, imaginary, not imaginary, um, fictitious, dead or alive. All right? Got somebody? (laughs) And we are going to ask 20, hopefully not 20, really, really insightful questions. Like, but they have to be questions that she can give either a yes or a no answer to. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. The answer's always Jesus. Are you alive, Rose? No. Well. Uh, uh, yes or no? Yes or no? Come on. Are you a real person? Oi, oi. One <laughs> question each. No, 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 no. Yeah. What, you're a real dead person? Yeah. Okay, right, that's two questions. Ask her a question. Male? <laughs> yeah, are you male? You are? Right? So, so you're a real dead male person. Yeah. I'm just helping you out here. We wouldn't normally do this, but I've not got a lot of time. Did you die young? Did you die young? Oh, gosh. Did you die under 40? That's a great question. I don't know. Oh, no! Okay. All right. Okay. Right? So, probably died a bit young. Say that again. Did you live in Asia? Sorry? Well, like, you know, sort of that way. Okay, right? Dead male. Died young-ish. Who we think lived in Asia. No, it's fine. It's fine. This is good. This is good because this is, this is a bit like... Hey, hey. Right, Rebecca is that's one of the five. Okay, are you Genghis Khan? No, okay, so that's five. Um, hang, on, hang on, hang on, save your question, you get another chance. Do you want to ask a question? Try and work out who it is. Does he have handsome? Handsome. <laughs> Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's a bit subjective. Handsome. Okay. Okay, if I were you, I'll give you a clue. It's probably tr- a good idea to try and sort of work out what either either the time frame or the you know politics, religion, you know whatever. Let's so, Vanya, do you want to ask a question? Yeah. Rebecca, can you keep score without at least six? How many children? How many children did you have? None. 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 So no kids. Okay, great. No, 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 come on, come on. Is he a musician? 
Well, was he, well, hang on, was he famous? Would we know him because of his musical prowess? Okay, right, so we would know him if we'd ever heard of him <laughs> for some other reason. Okay, let's go again. Was he in the Bible? Yes. Yes! Wow, so biblical character. Okay, no kids. In the New Testament, okay. How many are we up to? Ten. Did he write a few books in the Bible? Yes, he did. Are you gonna Are you gonna make a guess? A few books in the New Testament. You can You can ask another question. Go on. But he died without any kids, as far as we know. Wrote some books in the New Testament. Do you want to? Apostle Paul. Yes! Excellent. Excellent. Well done. Right, okay. This is, good. This is hopefully not going to get too complicated. Okay. 30, 30th of July, 1929, was a really, really, really um, famous date. For me. It's <laughs> 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 so when my dad was born. 27th of March, 1935, was another Really famous date. No, close, but wrong. No, 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 no. Andes. Anybody else want to guess? Correct. Okay, Dad, Sharon. Okay, so his name is. Albert, and his name is Brian, okay, and here we have, much later, a picture of the, uh, so this is Brian, and this is Albert, okay, um, so this is, this is, um, well, hang on, I just, so, I won't bother with, with everybody, okay, but dad meets mum, who is Alma, and this is Alma here, in true wedding style, you know, they, they do a bit of temporary swapping round of relationships, so, <laughs> so this, is, this is Sharon's dad and my mum, and this is my dad and Sharon's mum. June. <laughs> right. Okay. So, I know I don't look this young, but that's me. No, this young. 6th of December, 1959, makes me 56. I don't look a day over. <laughs> Did she just say 60? <laughs> 
Okay. Oh, oh, all right, okay. No, please do say it. Older than 60. See, you can't, can't you tell? It's not yeah, yeah, so it explains a lot of things. <laughs> okay, 17th of December, 1960. You guess where this, you guess where this is going. Okay. There she is, slightly older. I, for some reason, I, don't, I couldn't find a picture of you when you were as young as me. Okay. And then... 27th of September, 1979, 36 years ago, Sharon accepted my invitation. Okay. And um, we chose. We chose. Sorry. <laughs> we chose. Right? We chose each other. Okay. And I chose you. Thank you. <laughs> right? It was my choice to choose you. Okay? It'll get a lot more soppy than that. <laughs> See, he's like, Where's, give me your hand, give me your hand. <laughs> Put the pen down. It's okay. Put the pen down. Come on, hold his hand. Hold his hand. <laughs> That's it, you see. Can you feel the love? Sorry. I don't care. I don't care. I'm free. I'm free. He did all things well. Look, look, look right here. Right? I, I mean that in the, you know, in the nicest possible way. I really don't care. Okay? Okay, and look at that. Were people that young allowed to get married? <laughs> hey, she looks about 10, doesn't she? <laughs> 18 and 19. <sighs> okay. So, um, then something amazing happened. Something, and something else amazing happened. On the 9th of May, 1984, we chose to create a human being. <laughs> and this is Tim. And he's mine. He's not yours. And he's not yours. He's mine. I'll never give him away. You will never be able to buy him off me. Because he's mine. Because we chose to create him. He's ours. 
And he, he, he's met a lovely lady called Hannah. And uh, on the 6th of November, 1985, he didn't meet Hannah. Um, <laughs> we also have Rebecca here. Rebecca. And she's ours too. And you say, well, they're really, really precious. Well, precious is a comparative word, right? We only understand what precious is because there are other things that are not precious. <laughs> okay, so this piece of paper was precious, okay, because it had my song list on but it's not precious anymore. Okay, I'm going to throw it away. She's precious. Right? So who decides she's precious? It's really, really important, right, that you get this. Who's making that decision? about whether or not she's precious. Pardon? Those who create her. I decide. That's a declaration I'm making about her. She is precious. To me. And to Sharon. Right? Now, it's really, really important that you get, you get things the right way around, okay? Because your preciousness is defined, determined, whatever word we want to use, by those who created you. Not you. I have no right to say I am not precious because it's not up to me. It really isn't up to me. So um, we're going to be talking a lot, you know, throughout the school about identity. And, you know, Jonas asked me earlier on, what, what do I talk about and you know I nominally talk about worship but in order to explain that to you I would I would have to spend a week defining what I mean by the word worship um, but in a, in a nutshell I would like to suggest to you that one of the definitions of worship is simply agreeing with God right just agree with him. Because he does actually have a bit more of a handle on things than you do. Okay? So, this is me. I just, <laughs> I just like, smile when your heart is aching. It's terrible, isn't it? It's, it's really bad. No, I've got, a, I've got a worse one than that. Okay, I've got, I've got, I've got a worse, 
<laughs> it's just, I am, um, oh, it's there. This is, this is, this is just, oh, help me, Jesus. I'm trying to smile. I'm, I'm the guy at the bottom. It's just, Oh, it's, no, I'm not going to pass that round. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm free. You do all things well. Just look at my life. All right. Okay. Okay. So it's me. That's how I can prove who I am. I'm not Chris. Right, I'm me, I'm not Andy Barber, I'm Andy Britton, okay? And I'm precious. I'm precious. And we'll do the whole, thank you, we'll do the whole pictures in the wallet thing, right? If God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. I have a picture of Sharon in my wallet. And um, because up until the start of the Summer holidays, we only had two grandkids. I only have grandkid number one. <laughs> who looks slightly, a slightly Asian. You can pass that round. That's Trace. He's now nine. And we'll send that one the other way. And that's Reuben. And he's just over three. <laughs> looks like... Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I make I make no apology for, for doing this because these folk are mine and they belong to my family. And they are precious. Right? They're so Precious. And their preciousness does not fluctuate according to their behavior. They're just precious. Because we've chosen to create them. Okay. So. little verse from 1 John, chapter 3 and verse 1. And you, you know, you probably over the course of the five months will get some verses uh, quoted to you over and over again. Um, and that's just take it every time, every time you get it. Um, <laughs> the power of the internet is just amazing. So you can get all sorts of versions of the Bible. Um, so ERV, this is the easy to read version, okay, All right, so the easy to read version, this is God, shows us how much he loves us, we are called children of God, and we really are, we really, really are. Now, let's just think about being kids for a minute, okay? 
because this is really, it's really quite important. I, I was telling Valentin and Vanya yesterday afternoon, somebody gave me, I've, I've, I've received some great prophetic words in my life. Okay, really, really amazing. You know, you type them out and they run to pages. But I tend to remember the slightly more succinct ones. So I, I got given a prophetic word from God once, message from God, uh, through a, a younger person. And it was one of those, I don't know whether, you know when you did your Hearing God Week or your Prophetic Week, and you, you have to just write down what you think God's saying, and you put it on a piece of paper, and then you fold them up, and then you just pick, a, you pick one, <laughs> you know. Because <laughs> it's, it's just a great, it's a great little exercise, because, you know, God, what do you want to say to Jonas? But actually, when you do that exercise, you don't know who's going to pick the piece of paper. So it's like, oh, 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 God, well, just, I don't know who I'm prophesying over. Well, just write something down and it'll be fine. So I put my hand into this tub of piece of paper and I pull one out. And the handwriting would, would suggest to me it's, it's uh, a child has written it. And it said, eat more fruit and be kind to children. profound invitation stay healthy and just be kind just be kind and then I got another one sometime later and I forget who this was from and basically the gist of it was don't ever grow up And it's, it's hard. God, you know, there's all those verses in the Bible about how we need to mature and, you know, move from milk to eat. You know, and it's like, but God said to me, don't ever grow up. And if you've been around kids, you know, or you've got kids, um, they're just the most amazing people. Um, because of their, I think because of their innocence and their incredible faith and trust in those around them. And uh, I told you the story, didn't I, about uh, how Reuben did the whole, Grandpa, watch me, I can fly. You know. And uh, they just, if they don't know, if they don't know what to do, they just, they just play, don't they? They make it up. And there's no experts. And, you know, I remember when, when we were, when our kids were little, uh, we lived in a house that the church owned with another uh, family in church, um, Alan and Kath and their son, Tom. And we were really religious back then. And we didn't, we didn't like them playing, you know, the, the guns were sort of like, don't do guns because, you know, it's just, don't, don't get into guns. And it didn't matter what we told them. The two boys, Tom and Tim, they just wanted to, you know, cops and robbers, cowboys and Indians, whatever it was, everything was a gun. So the, we, there's, a, there's a company called Fisher-Price that make like educational toys. So he's got this little battery-operated screwdriver, you know, and he can build a little, you know, workbench and things. No, it's not a screwdriver. It's a gun. 
<laughs> so when you say, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, that's really bad, they get the big Lego out. You know, you know, you all know what Lego is, yeah? So, because they were only little, we had the big Lego, and then they'd walk in and they both made machine guns, you know, it's like, <laughs> you're dead, Dad, you're dead. It's like, stop it. <laughs> right? But they just play. They're innocent. And they play. Right? And they're kids. And we are God's kids. Right? We are called children of God because he has chosen to create us. Again, in the easy to read version, <laughs> 1 Peter 2, 9, says, amongst other things, it says, we're going to come back to this verse probably in subsequent weeks. You are his chosen people. And this morning, I'm just, I'm just trying to help us to sort of focus and meditate on this word, chosen. Okay? Chosen. He, God himself, chose to create us. Mm. <laughs> ah. I love this verse. So this is a, a fresh translation of the Bible called the voice. It's like the voice of God. Right, Genesis 1.26, <clears throat> which, you know, let us make man in our image. Let us now conceive a new creation. Humanity made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness. So God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, sit down one day before days were invented, you know, just in, the, in that space before time was created, okay? And maybe they have a cup of chai latte, I don't know what their drink is. <laughs> Sorry? I'd probably, yeah, they were probably just on the, on the wine. And they have this idea. I'm just playing with you, okay? All right, we have no, we have no clue as to, to what actually happened, right? But somewhere out there, you were conceived in the heart of God. God said, let's do some creating. Humanity, right? This, you know, we're not animals, we're not plants, we're not rocks, right? We're very special. And God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit chose to set this thing in motion, right? You know, and if you, if you go back far enough up the tree, <laughs> you get to Adam, don't you? And beyond Adam, you get God. <laughs> Where else? You know, sorry, but there's no other origin, is there? Unless, oh, well, you just 
appeared under the apple tree in the, you know, in the, at the bottom of the orchard, you know, or whatever other fable people give you, right? Our origin, our DNA, God himself. God himself. Ha! Ah! Anybody know what that is? It's what, sorry? I love this picture. I absolutely love this picture. Do you know why? I'll I'll explain. I'm I'm just going to play with you. Play, you know, play. Just be a bit creative. Okay. This is the creation of Adam. All right. As depicted by a guy called Michelangelo on the roof of the Sistine Chapel in the Vatican in Rome. And, and what you've just seen is actually happening here. Okay? So you, you sort of all have to put your head on this side. Okay? Because this one's God and this one's man. Right? Which is really cool. Right? Because the guy's left-handed, like me. <laughs> it's that left hand. So, when, you know, I'm just being really silly, right? But, you know, when, when God breathed life into Adam, left hand. Ah, yes. Left hand. Right? Now, that painting was painted over a period, the whole thing, right? Anybody know when it was painted? You didn't know you were going to get a history lesson, did you? Well, you are, whether you want one or not. Okay. Um, it was painted in, uh, over a period of four years. Does anybody do any painting? Do you, do you paint? Do you? Have, you got, have you got any on the go that have been on the go? for? No. Okay. All right. Four years from 15... 08 to 1512. So it's, you know, quite a, quite a long time ago. Um, okay, so 1508. So hang on, is that, that's 500 years ago, yeah? Just over 500 years ago. 500 years ago. Right now, it was painted on the roof, on the inside of the roof of a church. Okay, now steel hadn't been invented, <laughs> so their version of scaffolding was just lots of like tree branches that are, are wrapped together, ladders, right? And I don't know what they used to make paint. Does anybody know what they would have used to actually make paint 500 years ago? Some like clay, water, whatever. They got all these different colours, right? And every day, Michelangelo would climb the ladder, right, up the scaffolding, and then he would lie down on his back and he would paint. 
right? Now, I don't know about you, but if I lie down on my back and put my arm up like that, I'm good for about 30 seconds, <laughs> you know? And if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to actually do anything, well, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not the fittest person in the world, but I cannot imagine. And then, oh no, I've run out of blue paint. Back down the ladder, mix some more blue, right? Day after day after day after day. Four years. Okay? Four years. How much is it worth? It's priceless. <laughs> it's priceless. How much are you worth? Same answer. <laughs> That's only a painting. Uh, and I say that with the utmost respect to Michelangelo. It's only a painting. But it's priceless. If you want to know what the world's most expensive painting is, what do you think? By a guy called Gauguin. It's called... The official title is When Will You Marry? And uh, trust the internet, don't we? So it is apparently the world's most expensive painting, according to Google. How much? It was bought by a, uh, somebody who wished to remain anonymous in one of the Gulf states in Qatar a few years ago. How much is it worth? 20, 20. Any advance on 20? 20. You know, like, play your cards right. At that point, I'd go, higher, higher. No, not quite a billion. Right? Higher than 20. Higher than 50. Higher than 120. Lower than 500 million. 300 million dollars. Okay, so slightly less in pounds or euros. Well, I don't know. Is it, is it more in euros? Anyway, it's, it's quite a lot of shekels. <laughs> okay, 300 million dollars. Now, can you imagine having... And, uh, you know, a, enough money to think, you know what, I'll buy a painting. <laughs> and um, I wonder, what, 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 how far could we go in terms of what, what I should spend on this painting? Who in the world has the capacity to spend $300 million I mean, it's, it's hardly the Sistine Chapel, is it? You know, it's like, I mean, it's nice painting, but. So how come it's worth so much? Come on. Pardon? Nope. 
No, no, it's quite new. It's, I think it was, it's, uh, it's a relatively recent painting. It's worth, go on. Because others wanted it as well. Yeah. Other people wanted it. Because it was sold at auction. It's unique. There's only one. He really wanted it, didn't he? He decided he really wanted it. And he would pay whatever needed to be paid to get it. Right? Three hundred million dollars. So, at that price, it earns a special name. We would call it a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's got to be, right? Painted by a master. It's a masterpiece. Now, there's a really, really cool verse in the Bible that I want you to pretend you've never read. It's in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And this is from the International Standard Version. And it says this. We are God's M. Created in the Messiah Jesus to perform good actions that God prepared long ago to be our way of life. Anybody want to tell me what the M is? Now, you see, I said to you before, I'm going to talk about worship. And, and when, we, you know, when we think, oh, I'm going to talk about worship, we're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about God and how amazing God is. God, you're so amazing. Right? Right? Yeah, okay, fine. No problem. It's worship. And you think, hang on a minute, Andy. You seem to be talking about us. Well, that's why. <laughs> so I want you to, you know, at the risk of ruining your theology, I want you to believe for a second that that could actually be true. And like I said before, forget the wee bit and make it personal. Can I say, I am God's masterpiece? Yeah, but you don't, you don't know, you don't know what I'm thinking right now. You don't know what happened in the traffic on the way here. You don't, you know. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to, and I don't need to. Right? Because you're God's masterpiece. Because <laughs> God's 
spent an eternity conceiving you, designing you, creating you. And God says, you're his masterpiece. <laughs> and worship, for me, is agreeing with God. <laughs> and I'm not worshipping me. I'm worshipping the truth. I'm worshipping God and agreeing with him. I'm his masterpiece. You see, so much of what I've grown up with and I've preached <laughs> and taught and, you know, all that is that humanity is just a train wreck. It's just, like, messed. It's just completely off the rails, right? But actually, where is Masterpiece? So, you know, stuff's happening and it's, you know, it's, we'd rather it wasn't happening. And, you know, the world, we would probably all like it to be different to what it is. But I'm his masterpiece. And the problem we have so often is because we don't see any evidence or we see very little evidence of this. And we see a lot of evidence of something else. We do the whole... Yeah. So you stare at all that gunk and garbage and wretchedness and wastefulness and sin. And, and, and over here, you have this one or two little examples of... God's incredible beauty and whatever. And you look at that and you think, um, and it's like I've got to decide. I've got to choose between either this one or this one. And there really is no choice because it's really only this one, okay, that is the truth. That's going on, but this is the truth. I am his masterpiece. And I want to suggest to you, if a generation of Christians rose up who believed that, they would change the world. Because they wouldn't need to do things that people who don't believe that do. <laughs> okay? Because it makes a difference how I think about myself. I am a masterpiece. Mm. So, let me ask you a question. Well, I'm going to ask a few questions. Does God make mistakes? No. Does God make mistakes? No. How long did he take designing you? A moment. In eternity. 
forever. It took him forever. <laughs> but it's okay because he's got more than forever. It didn't take him four years to paint you. It took him eternity to conceive your design. And that makes you a masterpiece. So, please do. Conceived, the verse says, we were conceived in the heart of God before the world began. So, you know, like Michelangelo, he probably had spent, he spent four years painting, but how long do you think he spent planning what he was going to paint? How long did he spend thinking about the different bits that he wanted on that ceiling? And they all have a very powerful message. There's nothing that's uh, irrelevant or just a, an afterthought. It all been carefully conceived in his heart and in his mind. And that was a man on a painting. How long has God talking, conceiving who you would be planning each one of us individually? You know, I look at one of you, I might know you a little bit, Rose, probably a bit more than the others because, you know, I've spent time with you, but I don't really know your world. I don't know, like, everything that you're involved in or passionate about or Probably even your husband doesn't know everything. <coughs> but God does. And that, that's like the plan that is put into each single one of us. It's just, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? There's millions of people alive, let alone everybody that's lived and gone already. I was just thinking of that, you know, him constantly conceiving us in his mind the actual making of Adam that might not have taken so long but he knew Adam through and through before he even breathed into the dust so in the light of that truth, that revelation, worship at its core, right, is a reaction to something <clears throat> or someone. Worship as a, an entity, cannot, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? I can't just stand here and go, I'm now going to worship. Right? I've got to think, or I've got to do something, um, I've got to interact in some way with something, a person or, or whatever, right? So, 
I say that because, you know, when we think about, well, what is worship? It, it, it doesn't, you know, it's, um, it's something that's, you know, alive. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like you can't just, it's not this sort of um, meaningless, unconnected idea. All right? So it's a reaction to something or someone that comes, enters our world. Right, there was a football match last night. I, you know, over in Liverpool, and Manchester United played Liverpool. Thousands and thousands of people went to church and worshipped their football team. <laughs> what did you just say? I said thousands and thousands of people went to church and worship their football team. And I'm just being provocative because that is a definition of worship. You are in awe of something or someone. It's like it's got your attention, you're paying money to go and view it, right? You're putting on a, a shirt that identifies you with this person or thing. Right, it's worship. It's just worship. Okay. Do you get? You, you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. Okay. So, when we talk about worshiping God, it's a response, right? Because what happens is this thing, this entity, this deity, this person, whatever word you want to use, God suddenly, like, boom, shows up in our lives. I'm like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, right? We respond, right? So I want you to, I want to encourage you to respond to the revelation that we are his masterpiece. So if you want a definition of worship, it's your response to the revelation. <sighs> now, I use the word revelation because that's to me, is more of a, you know, it goes beyond just your mind. It's not an, this is not an intellectual thing. This is something that happens somewhere inside, right, that you can't, like, if, you know, if, if we could cut you up without killing you, you're like, you wouldn't know where to find it. You couldn't say, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's somewhere. Do you know what I'm, it's like that. It's a sort of a, I don't know what dimension we're in, right? Now, it, it shows itself in all sorts of ways. And I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an example of that uh, in a minute. But actually, it's that. It's, so it's not, an, it's not an intellectual thing. It's like a spiritual thing. It's a revelation that I am his masterpiece. And it's really, really important that you get that because if you, if you sort of land at the intellectual level, the understanding, okay, there'll be days when you won't understand. <laughs> and there'll be people who'll do things and say things 
that will question your understanding. Right? I'll give you a really, really um, straightforward example of that. And I, I might have done this before, but it doesn't matter. So for years and years and years, hundreds of years ago, people thought the world was flat. And people's understanding was the world is flat. Right? The world is flat. Now, we sit here now and think, stupid. How could anybody ever think the world was flat? But they did, right? And then some really brave people got in a boat and sailed off and let's find out if it really is flat. And they discovered it wasn't. So people's understanding was radically changed. Right? Well, the world's not flat, it's round. Wow. Now, so your understanding can change. But you get a revelation that's personal to you. I don't care what you tell me. You can tell me anything. You can tell me God lives on the moon. You can tell me whatever. I know. I've had a revelation. I've had a revelation. And that's what I want for you. I want you to constantly get revelation about all sorts of things to do with God, especially this. You're his masterpiece. Because... When you live in that world, okay, you th it affects how you think. And it changes your understanding. Okay? And then it gets really, really scary. Because we're still at the royal we stage until we do that. <laughs> and all of a sudden... It's got really, really personal. Because now it's not about us, it's about me. Okay? See, because we're okay in a crowd, right? We're okay in a crowd. I'll just cozy up next to Chris because he's really spiritual and, you know, he's known God 500 years, you know, or so... He, he's a masterpiece, so maybe I'll, I'll just get a bit of the, the masterpiece anointing off Chris, right? And I'll get a bit of the masterpiece, and, sorry for stroking your leg, um, <laughs> masterpiece anointing. But I'm not really a masterpiece. I'm surrounded by masterpieces. And the challenge, as much as I love the testimony culture, right, is... If I haven't got a testimony, um, maybe I'm not a masterpiece. Right? And, and don't get me wrong, I love testimonies and it's a really, really healthy environment. But you can sit in that environment and go, wow, God speaks to them. God gives them money. You know, you look at Sunday, so Dave discovers he's got three grand in a bank account he didn't know he had, right? Oh, well, he must be a masterpiece then, because God did that for him. No, no. 
Now, I know you'd say, no, 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 right? But actually, what's going on in here when you hear those stories? Can you say at that point, I am your masterpiece, God? Because that's what I want. That's what I want. And uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to read this, and I'm, I, the, I was, I was wondering whether or not to put this in, but I, I will put it in. Um, but I need to do some, I need to do some more research on this. This is a work in progress. Okay. Um, this is a book by a guy called Richard Raw, who is an American uh, Catholic priest, and just writes some incredible stuff, most of which I struggle to understand. It's really deep. However, I, uh, I, got, I got given this book by a friend and uh, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, trying, it, it's, it's just heavy, okay, in a good way. And um, he quotes a verse and I thought I'd put the piece of paper in the right place, but it doesn't look like I have. Okay, here we go. And it, 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 it addresses this. I'm not really a masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, I can see how, you know, God would, right? And it comes, it comes back to that word that I was uh, talking about earlier on, about being chosen. God chose to create you. Okay? He chose. He didn't have to, but he chose to create you. And it's really, really powerful, that. The fact, I can say, God, thank you. You chose to create me. And the implication of that is just enormous. Because the, the, you know, the, 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 the entity, the deity, who I believe is the architect of creation, chose to create me. Right? And this verse, Matthew 22, verse 14, if you look at all the translations, it'll say something like this. Many are called, but few are chosen. Right? And if, you know, you've probably all heard sermons on that and I've probably preached on that. And it's like, oh God, I hope I'm one of the few. Yeah? You want to be one of the few, don't you? You don't want to be one of the... I mean, when I was, um, when I was uh, 11 and I went from primary school to secondary school, um, we had a, a, a sort of a two-tier school system, all right? Uh, when you got to 11 and there were two types of schools and you had to take an entrance exam and if you passed this entrance exam called the 11 plus you went to something called a grammar school right and it was academic and from there you went to university and you became a doctor or a politician or an architect but if you weren't clever and you failed the exam you went to a secondary school and you learned how to be a carpenter or you know whatever, right? So I passed this, <laughs> I passed this exam and I went to a grammar school, okay? And, and it was boys only and um, we, uh, 
we were big into sports and the grammar schools played rugby. Okay, because it's more physical, right? And the secondary modern schools played football. However, you didn't learn rugby in the primary school, right? So you go to the grammar school, aged 11, and they've not got any football pitches. They've only got rugby pitches, okay? And, uh, but we don't know how to play rugby. We only know how to play football. So there was a grace period. And we played, we were allowed in, the, in our first year at, second, at, the, at the grammar school, we played football on the rugby pitch. Now, I'm sorry if I'm boring you, but okay, a football, you know, when you play football, you run around with a round ball and the idea is, boom, you have to get it into this sort of rectangular thing that's called the goal. And whoever does that the most times wins. Rugby, completely different. You don't have a little rectangular thing with some nets. You have these really, really, really big posts. Okay, and somewhere up here, there's a bar across the middle. And you can score points in different ways. You can add, and you, know, you play with this odd-shaped ball that lo looks like an egg. And, and you run with it and you knock everybody out of the way. And if you get over that line, boom, you put it down, you score points. And then you can get bonus points by kicking this really funny-shaped ball into the top bit of the, like, the H, right? And this, this horizontal bar is about 12 feet from the ground. There's a point to this, right? Because what we did when we were 11 was we played football on a rugby pitch and the bottom bit of the H was the goal, which was fine unless you were the goalkeeper, <laughs> right? You were the one trying to stop it going in. Because on a football pitch, it only goes to here. And I was born six foot high, right? I came out this big. So I got chosen to be the goalkeeper, because I was the big boy, right? So I get chosen to be the goalkeeper, but I can't touch the bar, right? <laughs> and uh, it's up there somewhere in heaven, right? And these really nasty players on the other team realised the best way to score a goal was in the top corners, because if it was down here, I could get it. And we, we, we lost our... First year championship. And I wished I hadn't been chosen. I really wished I hadn't been chosen. Because we needed to win this last game. And uh, we didn't. We got beat 3-1. And goals 2 and 3. One was over there. One was over there. Out of reach. So, of course, what happens, you know, you're all 11 and you're all like, you, you know, it's like it might as well have been the World Cup. And we get, get back in the changing rooms afterwards and all eyes are on. I let the goals in, you know. And the fact that all the defenders had gone on holiday, you know. <laughs> so, it's like, it's down to me. I wished I hadn't been chosen. I really wished I had not being chosen. And you've no idea how deep that goes till you find yourself in other situations in life thinking, I hope they don't pick me. 
because I might let them down. I hope they don't pick me. I hope they don't choose me because I'm not good enough. They'll never pick me because I'm not qualified. <laughs> They'll pick him because he went to Bible college. But they won't pick me because I didn't. They won't choose me. Please don't choose me. If you know what I'm really like, you'll keep away because I'm toxic. <laughs> now, we would never say that, would we? Because, you know, we keep it all in. But we feel it and we think it. And it's actually written right across here, inside. Why do I say that? I say that because this guy gives us another translation of this verse, which completely turns it over like that. What's one of them? A dead one of them. <laughs> What's one of them? A dead one of them. <laughs> So it's not funny, don't worry. <laughs> it completely turns it over. Okay, right, you ready? Matthew twenty-two fourteen. What if it said this? And he's a cleverer guy than I am, right? So I'm believing him. But I haven't found the translation yet that he quotes. And he says, God speaking, I am calling all of you. Hello? Hello, I'm calling you, I'm calling you. Right? Jonas, Miriam, Ophelia, I'm calling you, I'm calling you. But few of you allow yourselves to be chosen. So my invitation to you this morning is to accept that invitation the reality is you're already on God's team okay he's not, he's not picking his team now he picked his team before the foundation of the world and you are a member of that team you are in that family that needs some outworking. I need to make a choice to believe that he wants me and he's chosen me. And what he says about me is true and I am his masterpiece. So we're just going to... Did you manage to do those things, please? We're just going to listen to a song... Okay, and uh, I've got you, you can create your own family tree, okay, oh yeah, you got one each, okay, you may not be able, you, you may not know far enough, if you've never done any family tree research, 
um, you may not be able to go very far up, okay? But you are a miracle. You look at this, right? Sorry, Chris. Yeah. No, you have it. It's okay. You have it, right? You look at this, right? People completely unrelated over here. No, you know, no, no relationship with each other at all. And by some miracle, Albert meets Alma, another miracle, Brian meets June. They choose to have kids. And then another miracle occurs. I meet Sharon, right? We get married, we choose to have kids. You are a miracle, right? You are a miracle. So you stick your own name in the bottom box. Um, that's you, okay? And you work back up. Um, just so you get, it's a little reminder, you can look at how you came to be you, okay? And, you know, the fact that the folk in your life uh, chose to... create you and um, I just I just want to play a song that um, you may you may be familiar with but we're just going to drink in the uh, the reality okay is that all right Here we go.
So put your hand on your heart, say after me, thank you God for this wonderful creation, sorry, <laughs> sorry that was Russell Watson in the background, um, it was about to be, um, I agree with you, I am your masterpiece. Amen. Yes, you do all things well. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.